Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Salinas Podcast. It's Sunday, April 25th, and it feels like it's been a bit, but um, we've just taken some time to uh, really reset. Uh, we did record last week, but that recording actually shit the bed, so I'm sorry I wasn't able to get something out. But anyway, um, this episode is more of a philosophical take on legacy. I'm sure that as we all grow older, at least this is my case, the question that we ask ourselves is, how can I leave my mark? What can I do or what have I done to make a lasting impact? So in this episode, we pull examples from different behavioral scientists and philosophers, and we try our best to get the bottom of legacy and how some of us do have a need for it. Now, if you are a listener of ours for a while, you know that we've done some content on this, but it's always good to be able to revisit this stuff. Anyway, we always are. We also address that mindset that many of us have that really nothing matters and there's no reason to do anything worth remembering. And it was this specific part of the episode that really got me thinking. I know that there are tons of people out there, people I personally know who feel that there's no need to contribute to the greater good uh, because it just doesn't matter. And while that does make me kind of sad to hear, it also motivates me to try to be the reason for them to want to do something that could be impactful. So I'm a big fan of episodes like this because I end up learning a little bit more about myself. So without further ado, I present to you episode 862, Proof That I Was Here. Or more of a theme, and it was Proof I Was Here. So I'm going to leave the floor to you, and I want you to just sort of talk about where that came from and let's try and make something of it. Well, I kind of went down the uh, pretentious uh, modern philosophy rabbit hole. Um, So I was reading like David Benatar, um, Schopenhauer, things like that. Um, You know, uh, Camus, uh, Camus, but I was reading and then uh, amongst a lot of their very seemingly bleak philosophical outlooks, which I don't imbibe in, you know, I take each one of these subjective interpretations of reality, which sociology, I think, you know, tries to do as well. It's not, Mm. there's a reason why you can have an undergraduate degree in philosophy and then go get, you know, go get in a master's program for sociology. Mm-hmm. The co- the continuity between the two fields is undeniable. They just bear with them oftentimes different trajectories. So, you know, you and I have this, these different names like uh, Emil Durkheim and Max Weber and, um, you know, just any number of sociological theorists what what is really the dividing factor between a sociological theorist, um, some psychosocial theories, and uh, philosophy? Like, what really is the difference, in your opinion? If you were to just off the cuff, don't think about it too much. Is there is there not? Is it sure. semantic? Yeah. Okay. Well, and and that's that's really the the point that I've come to, and I came to that a long time ago. It's it's really one of the reasons why I opted not to pursue a PhD in sociology is because my, my gas tank was running low. Like I was, Mm. I was very much geared up on 
this in-depth, like, meta, meta analysis of reality and social interactions and uh, subjective interpretations of shit. And then I got to a, this impasse, and I don't know when it happened, sometimes, sometime during graduate school, I was just like, at a certain point, all of these fields seemingly converge on the same thing. Mm-hmm. Which amounts to it and again, like people people have to fight and ascribe themselves frameworks in order to give their lives meaning. But devoid of that, the more you strip things down, like things like language. Sure. Um, you know, language is one of the greatest examples because it's just sounds. They're just vocalizations. They're subjective. There are several different ones. Even within different languages, there are regional dialects that that carry with them a whole set of you know meanings that shape reality and how we interpret things. But when I'm I'm going down this fucking rabbit hole, right? Reading yeah. reading all of these very. Uh, uh, pessimistic i guess you would say kind of outlooks on uh on the human condition and reality and uh what is ethical what's unethical blah 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 and i ran across and i forget who it was at this point now because like i said it's kind of like youtube you know how like you'll click on one video and then it'll have suggested videos and then before you know it you're like 70 cracking up what the is it cracking? Yeah, it was. It was doing a weird sound, but it's fine now. Okay. Like, you know how sit, it, sit in a still position. <laughs> anyway, I've, go ahead. I've got it pulled up and, and draped over my beard now. But, uh, you know, you, you'll get on YouTube and you'll end up like 70 videos removed yes. from the original video search just because you're like, wait a minute, it's a, a fucking honey badger fighting a lion? Yeah, that doesn't have algorithm, anything. algorithm, dude. Yeah, it doesn't have anything to do with the fact that I just uh, uh, video searched Anderson Silva's leg break, but I'm going to check it out. Well, that's kind of what happened with me looking into all this modern philosophical theory and the idea of the 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 main con- continuous thematic element that I seem to have I guess identified, at least for me, through my own subjective interpretation. So it, in essence, I'm trying to distill all of these other elements into a, a more concise, or I, I don't even want to give it this self-aggrandizing term as more concise, more rudimentary element. Mm-hmm. And that's the, the human condition and our our driving force and how we relate to all the stimuli around us in any kind of higher level of thinking, anything short of, um, of, of just biological imperatives, which it's arguable that even higher thinking is just a few steps removed from biological imperatives is proof that I exist. But if you look at proof that I exist, proof that I exist as it pertains to an organism can be ascribed to a paramecium or an amoeba or a euglena, like any kind of protozoan, like very simple life forms on this planet, the driving force behind them is considered reproductive, right? Um, But reproduction 
is essentially proof that you existed in and of itself. It's not an arbitrary thing um, as far as life is concerned, but it still is an active representation that that you've made your mark. There's some deep-seated biological imperative that is endemic to all organisms, all reproductive organisms. Repro- not, I don't know if there's any non-reproductive organisms, but all, all organisms on this planet can be framed up in some, some terms of leaving proof of one's existence. And with human beings, we've transcended a lot of the elements associated with the biological imperative to necessarily reproduce. So now we, we have things like, uh, like we had an episode called legacy where we talked yeah, about, yeah. that's what the, I was hoping that you'd go, you, you know, take us towards. Yeah. And, and we had that ep- episode talking specifically about legacy. Well, legacy is in and of itself, a, a framework, a, a kind of dogma to a degree, depending on how you use it. Again, the word legacy is, is benign and it has varying levels of potency depending on the person saying it and the intent behind it and the person hearing it and the subjective interpretation of that. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a, a legacy can be some active thing where you you're like, I need to establish something that's going to continue beyond me and it be related to like, um, you know, mortality, for mm-hmm. example, something like something that continues on past our own corporeal state. Uh, but stripped down to the rudiments, the derivation of legacy uh, feelings of unimportance, wanting to be relevant, uh, in quotation marks, the meaning of life, etc. At the end of the day, we can put whatever homeo sapien spin on it. It all comes back to the notion of something intrinsic to much of the psychology of the human race, much of the psychology of the human race. Again, I, there are people that are, um, you know, again, when you're looking at philosophy, there are outliers you know, I, I didn't ask to exist, you know, that, that kind of mentality that's associated with it proof that I was here. It may be no more or less romantic than like a locust, um, you know, a swarm of locusts, a drive to reproduce than die. But us as humans through our collective hallucinations, subjective interpretation of reality have romanticized it and personalized each and everything much in the same way that we, you know, I don't want to say we, but it gets ridiculed all of these different, uh, walking on eggshell esque pronouns and, um, qualifiers that are associated with individuality. Like I demand to be seen in this light. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Well, here's here's what I think is at the at the very core of all of that. It's that humans that our blessing and our curse is is our brain, and in that I think there's this inherent fear of not existing. You know, we all have a fear of of dying and being gone, and I think that's where a legacy comes from. There's there there's a little bit of fear in there. 
there's going to be a little bit of pride and all these other things. I think it's, it is a mixture of our greatest strength and our greatest weakness, you know, like imagine how, how much, how free life would be if you weren't worried about whether or not you'd exist, you know, but also imagine how, like, how strong you how strong one can be knowing that at some point this is going to be all gone. So you want to do things to, to leave something behind. So legacy is, is in my opinion, it's a, it's a blessing and curse for us. Well, do you think that there are people though, that do not carry the weight of worrying about their own mortality that do at the same time fully intend to leave their mark, so to speak? Yeah. I mean, if, if I truly believe what, um, what's his name? Uh, Stan Lee says, he says, you know, he did an interview with Larry King and said that he's not, a, he has no fear of death or no fear of no longer existing, but damn, was he not in every single fucking movie that, you know, played a cameo in every single movie that went out, you know, like every single Marvel movie, he made his mark there. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, So maybe it's possible to live in those two things. Um, You can think of someone like Steve Jobs. You know, he said the same thing, that he's not afraid of dying and being gone. But if you saw how the dude lived his life, I mean, he had his mark on everything, you know? Well, but but that's the thing is, um, you know, the duality that's associated with that, the, the implication to me is that there is a driving force outside of, or there are multiple driving forces that are outside of simply the, the fear of one's own mortality. And that, that interview with uh, Stan Lee through Larry King was really good because mm-hmm. he was talking about, uh, I don't not fearing death, um, you know, not fearing the nothingness. He just had a really hard time with the idea of nothingness forever that I will cease to cease to exist through perpetuity Mm -hmm. that, that, that that's unfathomable. And I was like, fucking hell. Why is Stan Lee over here dropping this profound knowledge? That's making me lightweight have an existential crisis because, (laughs) because I, you, you know, when I sit around and I think about proof that I exist, Mm -hmm. um, I can't really think of anything outside of very apish things that are associated with proof that I exist, you know, uh, um, because I don't, the things that, that are, that really matter to me, the super important stuff to me is stuff that I don't give a fuck if people see it or not. I know Mm -hmm. that it, I know that that shit matters independent of somebody else fucking watching it. So Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't, it exists in a separate part of my, my persona, my being than the, the slew of megalomania that I embody on some other level. The fact that, I can I can start back lifting weights and within eight weeks put on twenty pounds of muscle at mm-hmm. thirty thirty six years old with no steroids ever anything like I take enormous pride in that I can't help but take but that's part of that apish element you know I'm like mm-hmm. bro I'm I'm thirty six and I turn into a fucking gorilla in two seconds it's no mm-hmm. problem for me 
Um, I think about that as proof of my existence, like people being like, yeah, man, he was a freak of fucking nature. I think about that, that kind of shit. I think about things related to, um, intellect, uh, you know, ferocity when it comes to, I really not kowtowing to somebody else's value system. I think about those things, but all of that shit exists within a realm of things that are inherently selfish. They're mm-hmm. so they're self-centered. So when we talk about proof of one existence, I think there is proof of one existence that is self-centered and there's proof of one existence that is not self-centered. They can just be subsequent to the work that one has done. Mm-hmm. The legacy you can leave behind a, a subsequent legacy and rather than one that is, uh, I guess, intentional, um, one to self aggrandize. And I, I don't think that they're necessarily mutually exclusive, but at the end of the day, you know, the, the proof of one's existence is what keeps you getting up in the morning. Yeah. Um, and, and we, we, when we talk about proof of, of one's existence, legacy, God damn, the more you unpack it, the, the limitations of, of, of the English language become super apparent because legacy can have this very concrete element, this like headstone of this person accomplished this and, and did X, Y, and Z. But legacy can also have this abstract esoteric element. You could say that a legacy that one left behind can transcend the fact can transcend them as an individual and be something greater than them and go on to become an ideal. And, Mm. and, and and if you, if you think about organizations that help people uh, and have been helping people for a long time or saying that they've been helping people for a long time, oftentimes the initial person who founded the, whatever organization it is, gets lost in the sauce and the larger institution is what, takes over so yeah. to speak so that's what i'm saying you you can have active legacy that's very transparent and is like okay this person contributed like like kobe bryant for example mm-hmm. his, his his legacy in basketball for example and then you have think about the quiet people that have realistically had a much more profound impact on society Think about some dude that you you don't know his name from anybody who who maintained a youth center in uh, uh, New York, like the in Brooklyn or young Brooklyn in the nineteen fucking late seventies, early eighties. Yeah, yeah. Maintained a youth center there and and did so had done so for 20 or 30 years think about the number of lives that that person has touched and then subsequently how many lives that they have touched and arguably the reach that's associated with an individual that does that type of work the legacy and reach albeit less tangible less like okay there's a receipt for it mm. is much more profound i agree it's just like if you remember the episode that we had when we were talking about uh, Kobe after his death, you know, we were we were talking about the legacy and we were talking about how, you know, there there are people that have probably touched more lives, you know, um, but it's 
it's I guess it's the he's an athlete and yes he's done a lot of stuff but I still think that I mean he's I I don't want to sound like a dick because like I was bummed out about him too but it's like I had him I held him in a different light than I would some of the people that I would see as heroes or people that I think have like a real legacy do you see what I mean right and 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 I agree with that, but I think it's because people, it fit my, like it fit my sent my comforts. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was like, Oh, I'm going to go and watch Kobe Bryant play. You know what I mean? It was just one of those fun, there, comfortable things. There there you go. It's there's a receipt. It's got, it's an object. Yes. It's, yeah. um, and, and to me, the two different types of proof, proof that I existed or legacy, we could call it legacy. That that's the thing with with words is that they're highly subjective. They're just tools for us to use and manipulate, and the meaning changes over time. And if something is even peripherally like, oh, okay, that's within the re- region of usage, then you can go ahead and use it in those mm-hmm. terms. But the the legacy that one leaves behind can either be one that's tangible and concrete, or it can be one that's that has some plasticity or it, those aren't necessarily mutually exclusive, but one's legacy is still going to be reduced in some ways to, I guess the difference between um, matter and energy. Mm. So if you have a energy based legacy, you it's what you leave in people. Ed, absolutely. The continuity that's passed from human being to human being, from organism to organism throughout the the environment versus matter, which still has four people. Correct. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's something that we, we do need to be mindful of. And yeah, there, there are two kinds of legacies and we did, we did talk about that in short in the episode, how we said legacy is not, you know, what you leave for people. It's what you leave in people. But I believe that both can, can, exist people do have a a legacy of matter versus one of energy so and and maybe maybe it's not energy maybe it's like mindset maybe it's you know i don't don't know what it is but i get i get exactly what you're saying yeah and and i tell you what like if you think about if you take it even a step further or a step back actually to you know, things like feelings of unimportance, like individuals having this ennui or uh, just despair, like I, I don't matter, my existence doesn't matter. Um, you're again, what's the component that is lacking is that drive that's associated with uh, proof of one's existence, or, or there are again, and, and this is. You know, not to discount the fact that that people are dealing with things that are linked to um, neurotransmitter imbalances, hormonal imbalances, that kind of shit. Mm. I'm not talking about, you know, diagnosable stuff can still be analyzed in terms of the inner machinations that are associated with it. It doesn't discount that this is out of those folks control, but having the idea in one's head of you know, subjective lack of importance. Uh, it comes with it. You know, the, the, the fact that the, the idea that I don't matter 
it works on more than one level. There Mm -hmm. is the, I don't matter because people don't like me. People don't hold me in high regard, blah, 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 which is an objectification of oneself, which falls more into the category of matter of something tangible. Then, uh, there is the 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 ennui again of of thinking that uh, uh, pr- proof of one of one's existence or or lack of proof of one's existence can be intrinsically tied to uh, you know I guess what is it not not nihilism 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 no, nothing matters nothing that mm-hmm. I do matters. Um, why, why would I want to? And then you have people like, uh, Benatar, not mm-hmm. Pat, but David who, <laughs> and it's worth, it's worth looking into. It'll probably make you be like, this is fucking cringe philosophy right here. But, uh, maintaining that, uh, the most humane thing for people to do in, you know, uh, the, the duality for the human mind we we fluctuate between the two poles of boredom and pain mm. Accor- according to benatar it's either boredom or pain and we try and ping pong ourselves and stay within that threshold between those two things um why do you think we do that it homeostasis again mm. it's and and us as a species we are we are a we're kind of an invasive species. We're all about conquering and going on and, and doing this. And we, we could even interject a little bit. If Mark was here about the, the ice man's inheritance, but you know, cause that varies to differing degrees, but yeah. humanity as a species has always reached for something else. And you don't, you don't necessarily see the same kind of like, if you look at, manatees it's not like manatees biologically are programmed to take over the fucking world i think the reason the way that we proliferated when we were less we didn't have teeth or claws or anything really super formidable was through ingenuity and that ingenuity has been honed and passed down and it's again endemic to us as a species and magnified in us in a species to move forward, consume, find, figure out, do. And when that when that element is lacking, whether it be from one's own thought patterns that are associated just with, again, going down the rabbit hole with stuff, and we're kind of fringing on some B.F. Skinner-like uh, deterministic type stuff, but, you know, w- when an individual is lacking in that, that desire to leave proof that one exists. And and, and I got kind of on a a tangent where you have the duality of I'm not important, right? Mm -hmm. You can say I'm not important because this person doesn't like me and I hold no status. Mm -hmm. Okay. Quite simply. And I know that's an oversimplification, but it's also selfish in some ways to say that you aren't important because me, for example, I can't say my self-importance doesn't hinge upon that. My self-importance resides in the fact that like, okay, if I don't do this, then this won't get done. And this is going to impact this individual, this individual, this individual, and this individual. 
So that part of it saying I'm not important or, or the, the lack of drive associated with proof that, that I exist is not, you, you, you very much could embody not having a feeling of responsibility Mm. to others, to, to the world around you, a lack of, and you could you could even bring Durkheim into this and talk about anime when it's associated with it, like a state of normlessness. Yeah. Like my existence doesn't matter. None of this matters. Being so disjointed from things that you feel like that you don't have the personal utility to uh, take up arms and facilitate others or ease the suffering of others is, I will say at the very least, it's a it's a misstep. Because if nothing else, you know, if, if you, even people that, that have this feeling, and again, not to, not to discount diagnosable psychological woes by any means whatsoever, but to just blanketly assert that you don't matter or you're not important is, is both on, on, on one level, it is, it's a sad thing to feel like you know, others don't give a shit about you. Absolutely. That's a sad thing. And that, but that's what gets romanticized. Yeah. The other side of that coin, Kalu, is saying you don't matter is a fucking cop out when it comes to the fact that you are aware so you can fucking chip in. Yeah. Yeah. That's where I think a lot of people actually uh, reside, honestly. I think that a lot of people get so, and maybe it's just the past year or so, how it's, you know, COVID has kind of wrecked a lot of stuff. There's just, in my opinion, the, a lot of what I see is this mindset of, man, doesn't doesn't matter what I do. Because I think, uh, and again, we've said this in multiple episodes, a lot of things got exposed because of COVID. And people kind of took on this mindset of, shit doesn't matter. And, you know, when you when you are in that type of mindset, it's it's extremely hard to get out of, man. It really is. And to see and to, at the very least, you know, try to ease the suffering of another person. I I don't I don't know what way to sort of get someone out of that. It just it just seems like you're you seems like you're stuck, you know, nothing. I'm of the thing. I like to think I'm of the mindset that no one else gives me value but me. But I I know I don't live that way. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, (laughs) I know what you're doing, but uh, (laughs) no, I'm just playing. (laughs) Oh, oh, baby. (laughs) That's the stickiest of the icky. Oh, (laughs) no, no, no. I propose a truce. (laughs) You shut the fuck up and I don't fuck you out for anything. Steel, <laughs> like mutually assured destruction, bro. Don't say shit about me. Oh, oh I've got a tear. <laughs> I've got a tiny tear. Oh, damn it. Well, but part of it is, um, <clears throat> um, you know, the only way that we can go about navigating things. It. <laughs> ah, it, it, I know. 
I know it, it's it's got me tickled in the back of my throat here. Um, the the only way that we can go about actively um, navigating a social environment in an in a effective and empathetic way is by being very selfish about our feelings at certain points and acknowledging the depths of how sad and how sorry we can feel for ourselves, um, how angry we can feel by exploring the darkest recesses of who we are and saying, maybe I'm not as fucking great as I think I am. Maybe I'm not a good person. Let me, maybe the idea of a good person is some bullshit that's been fucking fed to us from the day we were born. Mm. Um, it's by exploring that and coming back from that, that you're able to be effective in, again, this grand hallucination that we're all participating in. It is absolutely, again, if you think about the number of human beings on this planet and think about how difficult it is for us to, you know, and I know that you and I tend to, to look at things or be overly analytical about things sometimes, I guess, or some people would say that. Mm -hmm. So we can't speak for the rest of the human race, but if you look at the sheer number of human beings on this planet that are cognizant whatsoever, um, it's that there are that many realities, right? Mm -hmm. So in order for us to, again, try we have to we have to make the assumption that we are uh we are somewhat like the individuals that we're interacting with in order to transpose the feelings that we've felt into their scenario and uh and be be productive be a mm -hmm. facilitator ease pain things like that but one can argue again this is all because i i, I it's like watching gore videos, dude. It's worse than YouTube. Yeah. Getting into philosophy for me, like when I start reading philosophy, especially the more like Schopenhauer and, uh, and I don't really read a lot of Benatar, but uh, Jesus titty fucking Christ. When you read that kind of stuff, it makes you, it, it brings you to a point where you're like, Okay, legit, you're right. Nothing does matter. Um, it's it's what we make of it. We our, our our specific version of it, and then how far we are willing to extend our discomfort, our pain to to prevent pain or boredom on the behalf of another individual. And I think that there is merit to Benatar talking about the human condition residing somewhere, you know, between pain and boredom. I, I, I do think there's merit to that. I think it's, it's wrapped up pretty neatly and, and handed off to us, but you know, there's the, one of the things that you had said, or that we have all said in, um, in, in recent or previous episodes was talking about why, we need to recognize that we're simultaneously everything and nothing. That's what I was going to you know say, I mean? too. Yeah, it's I was just say that same shit. Well, my question for you is is this. What's what's the proof that you were here? 
What does that look like for you? Well, the the proof that I was here and and me looking at it and thinking about it, I oftentimes, um, and it might be part of my illness, I oftentimes look at myself as something apart from society at large. Like mm-hmm. I tend I tend to have a propensity to look at it that way. I know how much I participate in it and how dependent I am on it. And it's scary to me because I actually know how fucking dependent I am on it. But um you know I honest to God, like and I keep saying honest to God, like that kind of shit matters coming out of my mouth, but <laughs> I I'm thinking the proof that I exist is ultimately and i've i've given i've given it a substantial amount of contemplation like what matters to me what are my values what do i want to leave behind um there are a couple of of tangibles there are tangibles there are baubles there are the um ceramic cat collections so to speak of my mind that i would like to leave behind to the next generation like I romanticize the idea of uh, having a breeding program for like functional working mastiff breeds, like having that as something that I contribute um, and have my name on. Mm-hmm. I think about, again, like I said, the idea of, damn, Chris Kilborn, that motherfucker was yoked. He was like 50 years old and he was just yoked for no reason. And, he had much, his hairline was fucked up, but like that, that kind of shit and acknowledgement of my physical prowess, my intellectual prowess, any of that fucking bauble, self-important, in, in my opinion, superficial shit. I've got a couple of those, right? Yeah. But when I think about what matters, what makes me feel whole is the energy element. Yeah. The the investments that I've made in people that will never be able to return the favor in any way, shape, form, or fashion. And the way the ripple effect that that shit has on not only them and the people around them, but the people around me and the people that see me and see the way that I conduct myself as a human being. But yet, you know, I, I do X, Y, and Z. And, and again, I, 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 I do move in silence overwhelmingly like Mm -hmm. motherfuckers have no idea the buck wild shit that we are. I say we, because I could never do this by myself. Like my team is great. I'm very fortunate to work with the individuals that I work with, but people have no fucking clue that just walking in on a Monday, you can have three people's lives in your hands just as immediately nine o'clock in the morning. Like Chris, we need you to do do this, this, and this, and everything needs to be done no later than, um, by Tuesday afternoon and it's Monday. So I've got this litany of shit that I have to deal with that I've accepted as normal. And I wonder, like, there are points where I'm like, am I just dealing with the trauma that's associated with it? What's going on? And in reality, no, I think that's what's filling my cup up is knowing that this battle that I walk into, it is almost it's like me walking into battle. That's my this is my act of valor 
back in the day, people get geed up and go and meet on battlefields. Well, like some days I get up and I'm like, all right, it's time to go to war. Let's go do this shit. Um, so the proof of my existence, ideally, again, the the more important part is uh, the impact, the quantifiable impact that I've had on easing the suffering of others and facilitating the success of others, and and knowing that nobody knows that I I did that shit. Like for whatever reason, there's some kind of like smug, selfish element. People think it's selfless, but it's not really. Like, I'm such a fucking egomaniac that I'm like, ah, it was me the whole time that was doing all of this shit. You had no idea. Uh, it's some smugness. It's yeah. it that that's my little stamp. And I'll say that that's that's the finishing note. If we were to talk about the cocktail that is my uh my proof proof of my existence that's the finishing note of that cocktail when you take a sip is me being like fuck you <laughs> like i did it and i did it on my terms and i was still a decent dude like made it that's it that's yeah. it uh, anything outside of that it's like honestly dude we are so fucked as a species <laughs> like like no. we're so we're so fucked. We're so fucked unless everybody just all of a sudden starts doing a lot more and uh, or a lot less, depending think, on what you're talking about. I think over time that that's going to happen. We aren't going to be alive to see that, you know, and I think that my proof of uh, my my way to show that I was here, you know, I, th- I thought that it used to be like having stuff like a house and all these other things, you know, cause I would always see people have land and they have all these things that are in their family or whatever. And, um, it just, maybe it was just everything from last year just doesn't have as much of a meaning. I was honestly on like on the course to buying some, uh, you know, building a house and stuff like that. And, and it's, I battle with, with wanting that and just not giving a shit about it. You know what I mean? And, and, I say that because what I have realized really does fill my cup up is just it's the energy part is giving people good feelings, making people feel good about themselves, about about life, like the messages that we would get from people about something that was said or written or whatever on the podcast or maybe something I wrote on my stories on social media or something like that. That stuff is what gives me life. And that's the stuff where. When someone says, like, man, you really opened my eyes about this thing, in my opinion, that's my proof that I was here, that I was doing something. I know it sounds all, like, corny and shit like that, but for me, that is the harder part because I am a very kind of – I don't want to say materialistic person, but um, – I know you, you know, don't want to, but you can. You can say this. <laughs> I know. I know. Like, I Just like my things. You, I like my you things. Love, you love things. And yeah, just, I like I like things, but like I what I want is is that deeper connection, that deeper meaning or whatever, because I've learned that things can just go away, you know. Well, and, and well, and the thing is, like, honestly, you are you have historically always been a pretty guarded individual when it comes to the, the depths of who you fucking are, mm-hmm. like the the outward 
collude the collude and everybody's like i love collude i'm like you don't know collude at all. <laughs> <laughs> like i love collude but i also hate collude at the same time like if you don't if 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 i don't if i meet somebody and they're like oh you know collude and they smile at me and i'm like yeah and they're like man fuck that dude i'll be like yo <laughs> yo you get it you get it <laughs> what's the I hate you, man. That's it's true though, man. It really is true. You're right. I am. I'm more guarded than I than I um yeah. than I let off. But you know, I'm thankful that I can talk to my therapist about that shit. But even even the stuff that I discover is not that bad. You know what I'm saying? I just make an active effort to not do it, to not really share, and to fo- put more of the focus on other people. And that's more, that's fine. I, I just, I genuinely like making other people feel good. I, I really do. And I'd like for that to be my legacy. It's, and it's those little things. And I've learned that you don't have to go and have your name on a fucking building or be the creator of something. You that's could literally. To me. I'm sorry. That's just I know. Disgusting but to but me. that's how people, you know, they'll name a business after themselves or, or something Blech. like that. Blech. I just. <laughs> yeah. All right. But. Blech. Going through and just making someone feel like they matter, dude, in this day and age where it's like, you know, suicide rates are going higher and depression's at an all time high, all this kind of stuff. Like we got to scale it back. And that's kind of what I'm doing. And that's what I want my legacy to be is just to be like, hey, he he coached me out of this this mindset. And that's why I also go and and coach youth sports and stuff. Because I'm realizing that you have to start really early on this shit. It, you can't be in a position to care about legacy whenever you have a bunch of money and then you want to go and make some massive donation or, you know, go get a building named after yourself or whatever. That's how I think that's the easy, cheap way to do it. The hard way is to do it, you know, to just talk to people and let them feel recognized. And and at, while doing it, not, you know, do as little damage in in my wake as possible um i I, the one thing that i am scared of is having a a negative legacy it really is it's too late it's too late sir you already done too much evil shit it's too late (laughs) (laughs) i don't want to be one of those things where they're just like you know this person was such a great dude, and then he found out that they owned slaves or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, not, man, and nobody, no, not a soul would be surprised if they found out <laughs> you owned slaves. <laughs> I've joked with people. That, I'm not even joking. They've said like, if you won the lottery, what would you buy? They'd be like a person. I just want to know what it's like. Oh, I you'd have some Dutch servant or some shit too, would you? <laughs> I really would. So and I'd be oh. like, all right, just, I need you, I need you to, I just want to try this. It's like, sir, is that a whip? It's like, shh, just, just, just go with, just, <laughs> just go with it. I have to know. Yeah. And you, I have to you're know. like, and then I walk in your house and you'd be like, <clears throat> and he does the Chinese splits, <laughs> like ceremonially. <laughs> oh, man. Damn it. That's, that's awful. Man. That is awful. Oh, so we, we hit an hour. We've talked about, you know, making, making our mark. Uh, we talked about the philosophy behind it. Do you have any last closing statements for for our listeners when when they have that um, co- internal conversation about how do I prove that I was here? 
All right. Well, you know, I, I speak for nobody but myself, but I do speak from a place of like an understanding of uh, clinical treatment of mental health issues. <clears throat> there is a side of it that is related to personal efficacy. We we can lean on the the notion that we are chemically imbalanced. We can lean on our diagnosis. But part of recovery means active participation in one's own life and acknowledgement of saying, again, the proof of one's existence. Hang on that point. Again, like if you're if you are, again, feeling this like meaninglessness, proof that I exist and you look at it from the side of am I feeling sorry for myself because I don't feel like people like me enough or I do this or, you know, I I don't I don't have any meaning in this world. Or Mm -hmm. you you have the cop outside of it, which is legit, where you say, I don't matter. It's like we're on a team and we get assigned we're in P.E. class and it's seven on seven and we're playing dodgeball like I'm going to need you to matter. Like I, even if you, even if you aren't inherently gifted at what you think you should be gifted at, because that's where the, the despair resides is the, I guess the incongruence between feeling like I should be good at this, or I'm going to let these people down because I'm supposed to be clutching this, but, (laughs) but the, but the rolling over, the rolling over element of it is um, in a sense, it's a, it's a selfish act. It, it's well, not in a sense. It, it is a selfish act. A lot of the stuff we do is selfish. And again, we don't stigmatize the word selfish around here. We use it as a tool and yeah. it, it's a means of interpreting things, but saying you don't matter and then not showing up for the rest of the team because the team needs you. Like mm-hmm. ladies, ladies and gentlemen, if you listening, the team needs you if nothing else. And if you want to give your life uh, some meaning, something tangible, something that'll you know fill up that empty spot. No shit. It, it I've found in my life helping other people is the way to fucking go. And that's not mm-hmm. some like corn dog after school special shit. That's a survival guide. Like it's not like I. I, I could be a happy motherfucker living out in the woods doing like hood rat feral shit. But if I'm going to live in this society that, that pl- not only it, not only do we live in a possibly live in a state between pain and boredom, but we live in a society that seems to understand that and manipulate that and play off of that. So I would say in closing, you know, if you're you're feeling unimportant, you feel like that you don't matter or you don't care that there's proof that you exist. Um, there is going to be I mean, there there's proof that you exist no matter what. By, by coming into existence, it's too late. You know, mm-hmm. in any way you cut it, you're going to go in a direction. You might as well steer the ship into something positive. Yeah. And and I'll, I'll say overwhelmingly, like. Again, the the team needs you. And just to me, the most beautiful thing, even if you're throwing a, a middle finger to the universe by being a chaotic good, is is moving in silence, doing doing amazing things for people, 
that make that fill your cup up and you keep them to yourself. They're like, like your rock collection. Like you might show a motherfucker that understands rocks about your rock collection, but in general, you ain't just going to have motherfuckers over your house and be like, yo, I'm busted out the rock collection. <laughs> it's the same way with, with good works and good deeds. You don't just, you know, they, they lose their meaning to a degree as far as even, I think the, excuse me, even the, uh, the personal meaning that they have, if you yeah. take them and you put them on display because it turns it from that energy state, that active in works, yes, it turns it into an object. You objectify your own shit. And in my opinion, there's not lasting happiness to be found in in the the uh you know, honestly, the the victories or the plateaus, the achievements are really just mile markers. It's what you do in between the mile markers that fucking matters. Yeah. So, you know, I, I know it's hard for me to articulate because I'm not trying to be, uh, to discount people's positions, but at the same time, I, I want people to be empowered with the knowledge that, yo, um, you matter enough that by bowing out, uh, you're, you're, you're potentially not, not facilitating the well-being of somebody else. Yeah. And, and, and that's the biggest way to build yourself, man, is by building other people. It is. It, it, it has been for me. And, and I'll say in build is subjective. It's, it's, yeah. it's given me the tools to be, to live on my terms, 100% or not 100%, but to a higher degree than I imagine most people, I, I fucking live my life pretty much authentic and I'm happy mm-hmm. with what, what I have. Like I've, I've got an abundance and a, and a big part of that, like something that I don't ever have to worry about. It's almost like, you know, I, I've constantly got all of this going into my retirement fund is my legacy or my proof that I exist, man, I've already done that. And I've already got the momentum that's associated with it. Like I I conceptualize this active push, this, you know, this, this force that's going out, that's impacting society at large, even though it's, you know, on a small degree, like globally speaking. Yeah. It has a, it has a decent impact locally, but on a global scale, I just conceptualize this force going out, and then eventually that shit will uh, get less and less, and that's in in uh, that's basically in conjunction with my abilities and desire. Yeah. So, yeah, that's all I know, man. It's cool, man. It's. Basically, stay away from philosophy. It's, it's like <laughs> it's like bad drugs. Like it's like <laughs> drinking a whole bunch of Robitussin or something. It's not really that good for you. That's but no, I, I I'll agree. And my last thing is that I I believe that we all hit a certain age where we'll start to ask ourselves, you know, what was what am I really doing here? Why does anything that I'm doing actually matter? And um. I think my message to you guys is there is there is such an importance on on 
easing the suffering of other people. And it doesn't mean going and working at a shelter. Sometimes it just means acknowledging someone. There's people out there fucking suffering just because they feel like they don't exist. They feel like they're not being seen, heard, or whatever. I think it starts with little things like that. Uh, that is the, in my opinion, the easiest, uh, the easiest building block towards building a legacy. But it's going to be one where you may not. I mean, you're you're not going to see the the fruits of it, you know, unless someone says anything. You know what I mean? It's going to be one of those things that it's it has more meaning in my opinion when it's when it's in silence yeah when, well you don't you don't plant a redwood and expect yeah and expect to, to, to see, see it yeah, yeah. You, you don't i mean those things it takes hundreds thousands of years to get to where they are and um i think that's how we have to sort of view things it's it sucks knowing that you're not going to see the changes that you're that you're putting out there but that's how this stuff works man and uh and from someone who came who is who lives in a culture where we sort of live through our stories um that is that's another tough part to to grasp is that maybe there won't be any stories told but i'm still going to i'm still going to put good stuff out there if i can because like we have also said it's it's kind of freeing knowing that there's no pressure on you to live a life that people are going to tell stories about or something like that just go and fucking live and just do it do no harm or as little harm as you can and just try and take care of people i mean that's a that's a good enough story in my opinion so i hope that you guys found value in this episode i hope that this does spark the conversation within yourself to to find out what it is that you're doing or what you can do to you know help other people or to leave some kind of a good legacy there and just like we've said and i'll repeat it again there are two types there's one that's of matter and there's one that's of energy and it's totally up to you which one you want to leave behind but uh, yeah that's that's and, it for me and and i, I will have to say real quick help mm-hmm. yourself first always yeah. help yourself always help yourself to, to begin with and and i never want to discount the fact that a whole lot of people that may be listening to this uh would consider having the time and energy to invest in other people a luxury like they they would look at it in those terms um i know it's it's built into it's built into my profession for mm-hmm. me to do it so it, it comes easy but mm-hmm. um yep. what i would what i would say to those individuals who are feeling overwhelmed that they you know you're buried with debt you work long hours for low wages uh you jousting with any number of woes you know physical mental emotional start with yourself start by investing in yourself and doing yourself fucking favors and then go from there yeah that's that's very true you can't you can't uh you can't fill other people's cups if you got nothing to give you know right so certainly make sure that you help yourself so but don't be full of shit don't be a hoe about it but just yeah be real about shit but yeah yeah take care of I, yourself. I can spot those instagram it like uh inspiring type people you know what i'm saying oh, they you know running, the word, yeah, they running from some real unhappiness. yeah they're oh man yeah. it's like damn that sucks anyway i hope you guys found value in this episode uh nothing matters the world's going in oh god 
please uh, take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Do some dope shit this week. And we are out. Peace.